0: Darlene here and welcome to another All That Is Empath podcast. I have an interesting topic I want to discuss with you today and the idea came from a little snippet of a video that a friend sent to me and in it I'm not familiar with this speaker but she was talking about how empaths were created by having to be attuned in childhood to an unpredictable parent and it was very interesting to me only because it described me perfectly and of course i am an empath i i don't know i i believe this is just her opinion i don't think you know obviously there's there's no proof i don't know if she cited any studies where the majority of empaths had unpredictable parents or anything like that. But I'd be very interested to find out. But growing up, I had, you know, my my father was a great man in a lot of ways, but he, he did have a very bad temper. And growing up, both me and my brother were always looking for the little telltale signs and even sensing the mood of the room. Is he in a good mood? Is he in a bad mood? Is he short-tempered today? Is he not feeling well? And of course, some of these things you can just garner from, you know, somebody's behavior and not necessarily sensing a feeling. But a lot of times you do have to just pick up on a sense. And I know that as a child, I got to a point where I could be sitting in my room and not even see my father walk in the door, not hear him say a word, but I could sense whether he was in a good or bad mood. And it came down to, I don't think I realized it at the time, but little things that I would pick up on, the way he removed his shoes or whether he did or not. Where he went first, did he go to the kitchen, did he sit down immediately and light a cigarette, I, all those are little little things that probably tipped me off as well but the interesting thing is that to me anyway I I think that a lot of times maybe some of those tips were unconscious but I think a majority of what I picked up on was energy the energy that he was emanating and we all as human beings have this ability because we all have an energetic field around us and we're all connected to each other through this energetic field. So if you're attuned to what that field is communicating to you, because it it does communicate, we just don't often pay attention. But as, as a child, if you learn that, you know, what seems to you to be life or death in a situation as it did for me and my brother, you you tend to attune to that energy very quickly so that you can make the right decision. Can I leave my room? Can I go ask him a question? Or do I need to stay clear of him? You know, in in situations like that, I think that you probably do attune very quickly to your intuition and what's being communicated to you through that electromagnetic field. And that's very interesting because it if you learn early how to use that, then certainly you would call yourself an empath because as you grow, you you are already attuned to this. So now you go out in the world and you realize you're picking this up from other places as well. Now, here's the caveat. She said the reason why most empaths are usually depressed and down rather than joyful and happy is that they not only became attuned to using that electromagnetic field and those are my words not hers she she just said attuned to picking up on on things but um i'm seeing it as that but you not only learn to to attune to this new way of communication through the energy field, but you specifically are attuned to looking for the negative because that's what you used it for, for however many years growing up. For example, back to my story, that's what I was always focusing on, that's what I was always looking for, is he in a bad mood? Because that's where the fear was. So I did become accustomed to looking for that negative energy. And like any habit, as I grew and as I started socializing with other people, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that negative energy even unconsciously sometimes and and this is something i'm just realizing now because i did do this throughout my whole life what she said does make sense and so as i became a teenager i'm hanging out with certain people i could feel a certain energy was in and it really in my mind was just defined as whether i was comfortable around that person or not comfortable around that person and i and i really didn't associated in any way to being an empath or sensing any feelings in a mystical kind of way. I didn't think I had any special powers, in other words, but I did sense things and I usually could sense the negative because that's what I was looking for. So I, I didn't find the joy to connect to. I just found the fear and the trauma. And because of that, I ended up being friends with those types of people that had trauma in their lives and had some kind of problem. And usually those were what were called the burnouts, you know, the people that were doing drugs. And there was a reason they were, because they were traumatized in some way. So I just find that very interesting because in my experience, a lot of empaths do live this very Depressed, anxiety ridden life. And, you know, we know that what you focus on is what you're going to get, right? The idea she was, I think, trying to communicate is that empaths, or us who call ourselves empaths, are simply human beings who have been hyper attuned to sensing the energy field at a young age. So by, you know, whatever age we are in our adulthood, um, we're very experienced and practiced in this. Unfortunately for a lot of us, we're picking up the wrong things because that's what we're looking for. We're so used to trying to sense the negativity in the room that that's what we're focused on. And so that's what we continue to pick up. And of course, if we're If we're continually throughout our lives always picking up the negative energy, then we're going to have a lot of negativity and we're going to be depressed and and have anxiety and be stressed. But if we consciously know this, if now that we go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I did have that type of childhood and I probably did do that throughout my life. And yeah, I'm I'm probably depressed a lot of the times because of this. Then we can consciously make a change and we can focus consciously on instead trying to find the joy. And I have been doing this really making a conscious effort that every single time a negative thought comes into my mind, I rephrase it into a positive thought. And not that it becomes a lie, but it simply is a more positive version of whatever I thought. And that has changed to where now automatically I tend to find the good and the joy, and I'm not looking for the negative anymore. So, but that's something that I had to train my brain to do. And to be honest, it wasn't that hard. Once you make a decision that that's what you're going to do, you make a conscious effort to do it, you're going to be doing it numerous times throughout the day because you're going to ha- have all the negative thoughts you always have but you're going to stop and you're going to change that negative thought into a positive thought and focus on that positive thought and then immediately you might get another negative thought and you're going to consciously rephrase it into a positive thought so it's it's very tedious in the beginning and you know you can work your way up obviously we're busy people we can't spend all day long doing this cuz it is a very conscious effort where you have to stop what you're doing and rephrase whatever you were thinking. But you can build yourself up to where it becomes less and less and less because your brain starts creating new neural pathways on how to perceive information, basically. And you're training your brain to see things in a positive light, to see the positive in everything. And eventually it will become automatic. I believe that once you have trained your brain in this way, that then when you are around other people, unconsciously, you're, you're even going to intuit joy from the area rather than negativity because you've already trained your brain to see positivity. So I like the whole idea of, of how maybe empaths are even created. That's an interesting idea. There's a lot of people who don't believe there is such a thing as an empath, that we're all the same and we all have the same abilities. And I believe that as well. I think that on some level, we're all empaths. And the statistics basically say that like 3% of the population are empaths. Well, I believe my opinion is that probably 3%, 3 to 5% of the population is aware of the communication coming into them from the magnetic field around them because it does communicate with you. It communicates through feeling and uh, those gut feelings that you get. Basically, your unconscious mind gets tons of information that is not given to your conscious mind because your conscious mind can't filter. I mean, it's just too much information. If you think about everything we see, hear, taste, touch, smell, it's billions, billions of bits of information and your brain can't process all of that on a conscious level, but your subconscious takes care of it for you. And then it feeds you what it thinks you need or are interested in. Okay. So when you're growing up feeling, trying to feel the the negative situation, like, is he angry? Is this a dangerous situation? Do I need to stay in my room, stay to myself? You're focusing on finding with your energy field, even though you weren't aware of it, that's what you were doing. You were focusing on finding that negative information. This is what you were focusing on. So this is what your subconscious felt you needed, and that's the information that it fed to you. But it becomes a habit because of the way the brain works. It always tries to find the quickest, easiest way to provide you with information. So, those neural pathways that are now deeply ingrained in your brain are going to continue to feed you what it feels you were looking for, which is the negative. So, I think that. A good percentage of us who had this type of upbringing are probably the ones that recognize now that we are empaths. And we we use that word to differentiate the way we communicate from other people. Other people who aren't tapped into their electromagnetic field for communication, those are the ones that are not empaths. But They could be, is the point. They could be. They just haven't developed it. So I I think that we all are capable of this level of communication. I believe that we all could be empaths. Just some of us are more trained in it than others, even though it wasn't our choice to be trained in it. But maybe we were as children. It's, It's a fascinating idea that perhaps we were created by our childhood. And I would love to hear from each of you if you would leave a comment. On Facebook, we always post when a podcast goes live. So you can easily go to facebook.com forward slash embattled empaths and find the the podcast post. It's a, a image of the podcast. And leave a comment there on what you think and whether you had this type of childhood and whether you identify as an empath. I'm really curious. I would love to find out how many people who consider themselves to be empaths actually did have this type of childhood where they had an unpredictable parent they had to deal with. And maybe, you know, maybe this whole idea is very, very real for most empaths. Very curious about that. So I'd love for you to leave a comment on what you think on the whole topic. And before I go, I, I also want to mention, we did something really fun the other day. I You may have listened to the podcast with Anna P. She's the 23-year-old life coach. It was a super fun interview, but there was a, a huge blooper in the beginning where I pronounced her name wrong. And of course, that was cut out of the podcast. But I thought, what a cool idea. Maybe we can do some little bloopers because if you know me at all, I I always like to make people laugh. And I often will post on my personal Facebook page uh, along all the mindset type of posts, I'll also post just weird funny jokes or memes like anybody else would on their personal page because I I strongly believe that laughing heals. And I and I have an experience where where I actually almost died from double pneumonia and came back Super quickly, healed super fast, because I had someone in from out of the country, a friend of mine at the time who we just laughed together constantly because she stayed with me in in the hospital room, and i I honestly believe that I healed because of that laughter. I healed that much quicker, and so I do try to do everything I can to make people laugh. And I thought, you know, why not have a great laugh at my expense? Right. I mean, it was, it was a super funny situation that me and Anna cracked up about. So I made a little blooper and I'm going to start doing these for the podcast whenever there's funny bloopers that I think, you know, can, can get you guys to laugh. So that's out there on my, my personal Facebook page. You'll find it. And we also started a YouTube channel where, I'm going to be posting snippets from podcasts as well as the bloopers. So you can find us at Embattled Empaths on YouTube now. And right now I just have the the one blooper video out there but but there'll be more to come. So I would love if you would go ahead and visit that channel and subscribe and help me get my numbers up. That would be greatly appreciated. So I'm going to I'm going to leave it here. This is going to be a short podcast today because I just wanted to approach that idea with you and get your opinion on what what you think about what this woman is saying that empaths are created by this experience with an unpredictable parent. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you wouldn't mind visiting the podcast page and actually follow the podcast, that will greatly help my numbers as well. I appreciate you for listening and for coming back every week. Until next week, you take care, guys. See you next time.